Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 18, Moksha Sanyasa Yoga, Yoga of Liberation through Renunciation. So as we have discussed before, the whole exercise in Bhagavad Gita is to renounce actions in knowledge. We have figured out that the actions are the cause for all my frictions and unhappiness in life. Any action which I perform, whether good, bad or ugly, will have its result. And the result will be either conducive, not conducive, or somewhere in between, mixed. And in this chapter, one clarifies that that only applies to Atyagi, one who has not given up expectation for the fruits. In this chapter, we have learned the definition of a Tyagi, one who gives up the Karma Fala Tyaga, is a Tyagi. The one who gives up all the desire-prompted actions is a sannyasi. I can only give up all my desire-prompted actions if I have no desires. At this point, it does not seem that I can reach that point where I will have no desire. So then the exercise is, how can I solve this conundrum? One hand, it says, the only way you can be free if you have no, no desires. On the other hand, it clearly seems that living without desires is not possible. It does seem like that there is something we are missing out in this equation. That if both are possible, then there got to be some kind of a parallax which I have to remove so I can see the truth as it is. And it is something which we have learnt in Vedanta. That same thing can be seen in a two different lights. A rope can be seen as a rope if I'm, I'm clear what it is, but it also can give a rise to fear that it's a snake. So the same thing, depending on my mental association, I can create the rope or I can create a snake. Similarly, it seems like because I can't reconcile these two, on one hand, Gita keeps telling me to live without any desires, and other hand, I see that the desires are unavoidable. It seems like that there are two different people who can achieve this. One who cannot live without desires, and one who has no desires. So to understand that, we have obviously taken this study of Bhagavad Gita, and now we are coming to the conclusion that there are two I. The one I is the conditioned I, which is conditioned by my body, my mind, my intellect, associated with my body, my mind, intellect, and therefore, that I has all the limitations of my body, my mind, and intellect. But then there is one I which is always there, no matter whatever the condition of this body, mind, intellect. Body was a baby, then it was a child, and then it was a young man, 
and then it's the adult, and now it's the old man. That I remain the same. So there must be a differentiation between the I, which I consider I when I think about my body, my mind, my intellect, and that which has no conditioning. When I remove all the conditioning, when I will not be there as this conditioned I, that I will still remain, as we learned in Bhagavad Gita chapter 2. That I is indestructible. And the metaphor we use all the time in the room space. Room space is conditioned by its limitations of the size and shape and the type of air in it right now. Once this walls, floor and ceilings are gone, the space will remain what it is. So we have learned in chapter 13 that there is a field and it's knower. As long as there is field, I as the knower will limit myself as the knower of the field. So, in this chapter, we have started our journey by saying, let me define what is Tyagi and what is Sanyasi. He does not give up the Karma Falas because Karma Falas are not in his hand. Karma Fala is something Karma Fala Data. Someone other than me gives me the fruits of my actions. But I want to influence that outcome by my desires. That I want this particular outcome. That if I give up influencing the outcome by my desires, then I will be karma falatyagi. If you know this, then the next thing you need to know is that any kind of results which come from your actions are not binding to you because you did not expect any result out of it. Whatever comes, you accept with the prasad buddhi. Just like when you go to the temple and you accept prasad, you don't really are choosy about what comes in your prasad. Whatever Panditji gives, you accept it with love. Whatever comes out of my actions is the result. I should accept that just as I accept prasad from Bhagavan. If I develop that sense, Bhagavan said that you'll be tyagi. Once you disassociate this limited I, you will not have desires. That I will not have desires. The small eye will have desire. The body will have its own demands. Mind will have its own demands. And intellect will have own demands. But one who is overseeing the three will have no demands whatsoever. It is now up to me to identify either with the lower eye or the higher eye. So we have learned from the beginning that giving up actions is not possible. Therefore, whatever action you perform should be ordained actions. Those even when I'm performing, I should be not attached. It should be performed without any without any asakti, without any expectation and an attachment. I should be performing this action. That's the advice we've heard so far. Then Bhagwan got into the discussion of what is action, because we need to understand what is action. So we understood that action has five components. Unless those five come together, action never takes place. So in this five component, one is karta, is the actor. You have to have an actor for an action to come into being. And that's the only one I have control over. Then I need to now define who the karta is. And that once I figure out, then I will be able to figure out whether I am the sufferer, the enjoyer of my actions or not, because the karta is 
the bhokta of all the actions. So in the following verses we have seen that one who considers that this self is the doer, he does not see the truth alone. Because the truth is the self is not acting at all. In all these actions which I am performing, the self remains as just a witness. Because actions are performed by the gunas of my body, mind and intellect. The nature of my mind, nature of my intellect and nature of my body decide what type of actions I will perform. When the conducive objects come in my way, I get tempted to act and then I act. Gnanam, Gneyam, Parignata, Trividaha, Karma Chodana. These are the propellers of my actions. Gnanam, knowledge. Gneyam, the knowable. And Parignata, the knower. So this is basically going back to chapter 13. In chapter 13, we are seeing there is a field and its knower. So when this Gnanam, when there is a knowledge of the field occurs, that's the knowledge. Once I figure out this is the field of my activity, may I identify the field of my activity, then the knower comes into being. As long as I'm aware of the field, I become the knower of the field. So these three, when the knower of the field identifies the field, and when that knowledge takes place, the gnanam, that becomes the propeller of my action. Starbucks is the field of my knowledge. Passing by, I identify Starbucks. A field of knowledge is there and my knowledge has taken place. The Starbucks is there. I, as the knower of the field, will have the desire to have a cup of coffee. That knowledge of the field by the knower is the propeller of action. As long as I'm identified as the knower of the field, constantly associating with the field, that knowledge will create the impulse in me to act in this world. So that's clearly Bhagavan said you should understand. That the knower of the field minus the field is just the knower. Knowledge of the field minus the field is just the knowledge. So that knowledge is I exist. In my deep sleep I have no other knowledge but I still know that I exist. So when I wake up and somebody asks what kind of sleep you have, I had a very nice sleep. What was it like? I said, I don't know. I just had a good sleep. There is no other experience but just I exist is the experience. So Bhagavan said, know how these actions work. When the field comes in contact with the knower of the field, the knowledge takes place, that knowledge will be the propeller of your action. And then he says, Karanam karma karta iti trividha karma sangraha. What will preserve the action? Three things to come together. Karanam, the instrument of action. I see a nice house in a good neighborhood. I really want to buy this house. But then I figure out, do I have the means to buy the house? If I don't have the means, all that good idea about that house and my desire to buy that house remains just a dream and a desire. I will put that into action if I have the means to perform that action. That's karanam. When, the karan, when I have the means, the equipment to perform this action, and karta, then the doer, 
if there is no doer, I will have all the means and I have all the desires, but I am not available to perform that action. Then also that action won't come in existence. So these two has to come together. The karanam and the karta has to come together to karma to take place. We are analyzing what is the impulse of the action or how the action comes into being. Because at the end of this discussion, we're going to find out what control I have on my action. And we are coming to the conclusion that the person that I really have control over is the karta. If I don't have that doership bhav, that notion that I am the doer, then no action really takes place. So that I, which we call it the conditioned I, Jivatma, is thinking that he is the doer. Not only is thinking he is the doer, he thinks he is the only doer. When I perform any action and it is successful, I feel that I did it. And I did it all by myself. There was no help from anybody else. This is where Bhagavan says you are going wrong. That you think you are the doer and you are the only doer. If I think that I have the control over my actions and I perform my actions, then obviously I have a particular result in mind because I think I'm performing it correctly, I'm performing the right field. The result must be X, Y, or Z. We forget that for any action I have to perform, the field of action has to be appropriately configured. To drive from my home to here, the whole field of action, which is my road from my house to here, has to be completely clear. All traffic lights have to work perfectly. All other drivers should drive in the proper lanes. Unless all that come in proper configuration, I won't be able to come here in time. So when I consider that I did everything myself to come here in time, I'm actually wrong. Because so many people have to do so many things for me to be here on time. Bhagavan said that's where we have this false expectation that I can predict what will come out of my action. But if I don't want to have the result of that action, I have to remove the karta. I is the karta out of it. Let the karta who is doing it. Who is the karta? He said, that conditioned self, driven by the qualities of my mind, my intellect, and my body is functioning, that is perfectly okay. But say, I am the only doer, then I suffer all the consequences. Gnanam karma cha karta cha tridheva guna bhedataha. Everything in prakriti has basic three qualities. Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. So anything associated with the Prakriti can be defined by Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. This knowledge about the field is also part of the Prakriti. This field is part of the Prakriti, so is my knowledge about the field of this, knowledge of this field. So therefore I said even that will have the three gunas of the Prakriti. So, is for the karma and they were also applicable to karta. So, this gnana, karma and karta, they all come in different shades of gunas. So, now you can use that permutation combination 
So one has three qualities, other say three, third has three, three times, three times three, nine times three is twenty-seven we already. And then within that there are shades of grey. Now when you take all that and create your chart of permutation combination, it gives infinite results. So Bhagavan said, therefore you should know that you are not in control. Prochyate guna sankhyane yathavat srunutanyavdi. I'm going to tell you that, but hear very carefully because this is what is very important to know that the qualities of the knowledge, the qualities of the actions, and qualities of the karta define what the result would be. Sarva bhutesu ena ekam bhavam avyayam ikshate avibhaktam vibhuktesu tad gnanam vidhisatvikam. So I am the knower of the field and I'm looking at the field and I see the world of plurality. I see all the beings competing with me. I and the world are two entities. I'm by myself and the world is against me. When I see this world of plurality, what kind of impression it creates in my mind is very important. When I look at this world of plurality, and if I see that sarva bhutesu ena ekam bhavam, that there is a singularity which is functioning through all these various things and beings in this world, avibhaktam vibhaktesu, that I see that one which is undivided among all divided. In this building right now we say there are all different types of rooms, but because when I was planning this building, I know that I have this total space available. That space I can divide in various permutation combinations. So those of you who have been coming to this class for a long time, you have seen this space changing. We had one room, big room, then divided into two, then divided into three rooms, and now we are divided into just a room and the corridor. So I, as the architect, Looking at this space, I always have one clear idea, this much available as a total space to me. I can create this in a various permutation combinations. But any time I see this, I see that I have 3,300 square feet to deal with. So Bhagavan said that overall view, when I see, when I look at the world, that that infinite being, that one undivided, is apparently seem divided into all the beings. And there is a one single entity which is uniting this diversity. Bhagavan says, if my knowledge is such, then that knowledge is sattvic. That's a pure knowledge. I am seeing things as they are. Therefore, my actions also will be as they should be. It is when I cannot see the things as they are, my actions will be inappropriate because I cannot see the reality as it is. So next verse says, Prithak tu yat gnanam nana bhavani aprithak vidha vetti sarveshu bhutesu tad gnanam vidhi rajasam. So one who sees that all things and beings are different from each other. They have their own identities and own qualities. And there is no really a continuity or unity in them, which I see in all the beings that they are all different from each other. 
He said, then that knowledge is rajasic. Now my mind will start categorizing what is higher, what is lower, who is greater, who is not greater. He said, once that happens, then I'll become passionate about things which I like, then I will avoid things which I don't like. So now my world is divided into things which I like and things which I don't like. Now I have to constantly work towards achieving what I like and avoid what I don't like. So now I'm constantly in a rajasing, in an active mode where there is no end to my activity. So Bhagavan said, if this is how you see the world, which is we all do, it's a rajasic knowledge. So knowledge beyond us, it's sattvic, knowledge can be rajasic. Knowledge also can be tamasic. We'll see that in that. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om